get into our worship tonight. Um, if you are interested in being part of our sound crew, the guys that help deal with these guys, all right? So um, if you're interested in that, this is, I know it's not easy doing no. that, but uh, uh, if you're interested in that, we're building a dream team uh, to help with our sound. Sign up in the back for that, and we'll get that thing kicked off pretty soon with some training and all that. And also, if you've never been water baptized and in, in, uh, following through with the commandment of Jesus, the symbolism of our salvation, old man, Submersed into the power of God, the washing of the Spirit coming out. New man, never done that. Sign up in the back uh, the first week in June. We're having water baptism at the church. And, and if you sign up, I'll, I'll contact you. We'll talk about it and all that kind of good stuff. But anyways, just a couple of announcements to start off tonight. So how about everybody stand up on your feet? And we're going to spend some time in, in worship tonight. So I ask that you to prepare your hearts. Lord, Lord, come be with us. Lord, we ask that... Uh, as we gather in your name, that you are here with us tonight. And Lord, in all that we do, Lord, we glorify you, we exalt your name, Lord, that, that we are your people. And I pray that in your name, that your spirit is here, free to move among us, free to do what you'd like to do tonight. So we ask you to come and, and, and have freedom, but bring us to freedom, Lord, that, that we are free in you because that's abundant life that you're leading us in. And I pray that expression comes forth in our praise and our worship tonight. In Jesus' name, for your name, amen.
Jesus is alive. Come wake up, open your eyes, awaken your soul. Our King is alive. My Jesus is alive. And He says,
placed over each and every one of you. You are no longer an orphan. You are a child of the Most High King. Amen. We're so glad to have you here tonight. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening.
Well, it's good to have you tonight. As, uh, as, as I had thought and, and Canyon confirmed, I heard next Wednesday is supposed to be 86 degrees. So, no, no, don't cheer. That's too hot. We need to, we need to work our way up. You know, let's, let's at least get to 80, right? Then we can go, I don't know. Anyhow, hopefully next, 80 is all next week, Canyon. Is that correct? You think so? That's what I heard. My gosh. We are in May, believe it or not. All right, it's good to have you. Just take a tithe and offering. If you have something to give, uh, you can prep that. Offering envelopes and chair in front of you. If not, wave your hand around. And we have these, these guys and gals, these incredible ushers that will help you out. Um, on Sunday, I have to apologize. Sunday, Nathan was supposed to take up offering, and I totally forgot and just did it myself. So Sunday, Nathan's on for offering, and he'll, it'll be doubly good because I forgot last week. Anyways, doubly good. Uh, let's see. Kelly, I'm going to put you on the spot. Will you stand up where you're at and just pray over offering? Okay. Amen. Thank you, Kelly. Bring it on down if you have it tonight. Um, we are going to finish out our series on words tonight. Uh, by the way, Sunday, I'm going to kick off a brand new series. We finished up talking about the ascension of Jesus and what that means this past Sunday. But uh, this Sunday, I'm going to start a series entitled The Ways That Keep Us On The Way. And if, come on out for that. You know, I think it's a five or six weeks we'll talk about that on Sundays. Um, oh, I think, did, so um, just to say this, after church, I think Margo's going to drag me out the door fast because I think Hope got home from college like a half hour ago. Did she make it? I didn't hear. She made it, right? Did she make it home? I haven't heard, but she was really close. Okay, so Margo's going to make me leave quick, go see Hope. But our daughter made it home from college. Straight A's for the... So I'm not sure where she got her brains at. Well, Margo, but um, not from me, not from me. But anyways. <laughs> anyways, James chapter 1. Yeah, I'm sure all of your, your kids are doing great in school and uh, looking forward to summer coming up. Finish strong. Enjoy the break. All right, James chapter 1. We're, we're going to finish out with words tonight. And we're going to spend tonight in the book of James. James, uh, when he's talking about, and, and he terms it your tongue, as we'll get to in chapter 3 in a minute, James pulls no punches. He's rubber meets the road. He's just straight out. He calls it like it is, and he actually, in, in a couple places we're going to read, he comes across kind of harsh, to be honest with you. 
But he, he's making a point uh, that we've been trying to make over the last three or four weeks is that our words mean something. Word, words are not throwaway at all. They impact somehow, some way. Uh, so we want you to learn to be conscious of what you say, your communication, what comes out of your mouth. Now, the Bible says we started the, um, in Luke, when we started this, that from the overflow of your being, your heart, the seed of who you are, your mouth speaks. It's part of the fruit that gives evidence to the kind of tree that you are. Okay? Um, and I, I understand that uh, uh, the majority of us here, we, we've had an encounter of salvation with Jesus. So we are in the process of living out the new creation. So who we are is changing and growing. So in this process of changing and growing, we have to be aware of our words. Because as we uh, talked about in Proverbs 18, that the life and death is in the power of the tongue. In other words, your words are impactful. They create environments. As we were talking about last week, when you say words like uh, words of, of, that are powerful, like, like we said last week, I forgive you, that impacts the person who hears it, that impacts you, that impacts your relationship with God. So words are powerful. So again, James, is, he's pretty straightforward about all this. So James chapter 1, if you've got your Bibles, verse number 19. Um, if not, justice or whoever's at the media is always faithful and gets it up for us. By the way, if, you, if you're ever wondering, you didn't know, we, we use the ESV, okay? So that, that's the translation that's up there. But whatever translation you got, I'm sure is, is, well, most of them are good. Anyway, we won't go down that road. All right, James chapter 1, verse number 19. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, talking to believers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So we are to hear the word. That, that is revelation, the word of God. Okay? And not just hear, but let it change your life so you live the word. That we are people being transformed and changed into the likeness of Jesus. But James right there, he, he says something. This is uh, something that I think is important that people learn to do. Be quick to listen. And learn to listen long. Because we're often very quick to speak because we have opinions and we like to say what we need to say. One of the best things you can do to have a relationship with somebody else is to learn to listen quick and listen long and not be so quick to say what you need to think you need to say. You see that? As a matter of fact, one of the best things you can do, this is sort of a side point, one of the best things you can do to dialogue with somebody you have a disagreement with is learn to listen before you have to say everything you need to say. Because you may learn something when you're listening. Learn to listen long. It, it's, it's actually something, to be honest with you, that I have tried as a pastor to work on very much, to listen and not say a lot. Listen. 
The more you're able to listen, the more empathy is able to come from your life. The less you listen, obviously, most times, the less you care. You think about it that way. So if, if I'm in a conversation with Samara, if I care, I'll listen because I care. But if all I want to do is prove my point, say what I got to say, and run her over, then I'll just speak because I don't care. Because obviously she's wrong and I'm right. Obviously, right? That's, that's just the way we think. Obviously I'm right, right? Obviously, if we're in disagreement, she's wrong. Because there, there's some, something wrong with her thinking, her perspective. There's something wrong with Samara. And I, I am me, so I get to correct her and tell her where she's wrong and where she needs to change and all that business. Well, how about we learn to listen? You see? I may learn something in my listening. As a matter of fact, there may be some empathy that, that rises up in, in actual caring because I listen. Right? And, and then maybe when I actually do share, it comes across with the proper nature of Christ. If not, if we're both intent on, on not listening but saying we're just going to shout over each other and whoever, whoever's loudest gets the last word. But I don't find that in the Bible anywhere. Right? So learn to be quick to listen. Then he, then he says slow to speak, which goes with quick to listen. Because if you're busy speaking, you're never listening. You ever, you ever try to deal with a child who doesn't want to stop proving their point? But listen, but, but, listen, but, but, mom, 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 mom. And you just want to listen to me. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, learn to listen. Be slow to speak. And what happens when you learn to be slow to speak, you also learn to keep your temperament in control, too. Because often when you're quick to respond, you respond out of your what? Your emotions. And when you're angry, your response will be out of your anger. Anger as an emotion is not a sin until it controls you or it's out of control. God made you with anger, didn't he? We have emotions for a reason. If you don't have an expression, you're like bottled up soda, you shake up and and explodes, like throwing a mento in there or whatever they're called. But we have this, but it doesn't mean the emotion is supposed to be out of control. And you're never supposed to be responding in your anger that's out of control. Because when you're angry, you, you respond that way. You're just interested in saying what you need to say and say it loudly and say it so that a person is, you know, put under what you have to say. So James is making some points here. Learn to listen, be slow to speak, and be slow to become angry. And it, it rolls into then get rid of moral filth, which is out-of-control anger is part of that. And we, we think of moral filth as things like, well, uh, sexual immorality and all these different things you want to list. But, but out-of-control anger is right there with it. Now, here's what I know. We live in a loud and angry world about everything. Right now, everything is at the height of, ah! And the nature of Christ is teaching you, listen, and when you speak, that's in control of the spirit. In other words, the fruit of the spirit is self-control. Doesn't mean you don't ever get to speak, but when you do, it's the nature of Christ's likeness that comes. Well, I ain't going to win in this world if, I, if I'm like that. That's why the meek inherit the earth. And we're not promised to win the world right now. Let everyone hear what I just said. 
The kingdom of God is not of this world. It's coming through the world through the kingdom, but the kingdom of God is not intended to overtake the world. The kingdom of God is salvation person to person. It grows that way. That's why you don't have to worry about beating the world. You have to worry about sharing Christ's likeness that only really comes when you listen, you're slow to speak, and you don't speak out of your anger. We're just, ah. I've never wanted anybody to Jesus yelling and screaming at him. I don't know about you. Maybe you have. I haven't. Matter of fact, the moment I start yelling and screaming, they just they, they stop. They, 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 they exit the conversation. So truth that you speak that doesn't come from the nature of Christ's likeness loses the edge of its truthfulness. You can, you can shout truth all you want, but if it's not based in love, then what, what is it? Truth and love go together. Right? So it comes from the heart that is changing and growing in the fruit of the Spirit that we see. And when you think about the fruit of the Spirit, you know, love, joy, peace, patience. Listen to these words. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. That, that's also meekness and self-control. Against such things there is no law. This is the nature that we come from with truth that we speak, the words that come. And we get out of bounds with that kind of thing, then, then our words, we're just trying to engage in the way the world does, but Jesus didn't call us to engage like the world. He calls us to engage it like him. Right? So we are to grow into being Christ-like. So when words come from our mouth, even if they're words of truth, even if they're words of disagreement, even if they're words of, of, of whatever, it comes from the nature of Christ. So therefore, the gospel can be connected to it. That's the most important thing, right? All right, so quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So jump down to James chapter 3. And he keeps, he picks up back on the tongue right here. And, and um, so let's read down a little bit here. James chapter 3, verse number 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that those who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Thank you. <laughs> I'm very wary of that verse right there. I think about that verse. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, so we, we can guide their whole bodies as well. And look at ships also. They are so large and are driven by strong winds, yet they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the, wind, uh, the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, Yet it boasts great things. Your tongue weighs less than a pound, I think, if I read that correctly. Less than a pound. It's, it's not a big muscle in your body or whatever you would classify it as. But yet, like the bit of a horse, so my brother raised horses. I spent time on horses. You put bride on the bit, and, and, and you can control with the range of the horse because of the bit in the mouth. The tongue is the same way. 
or if you've been on a boat and, and there's actual rudder system, the big boat can be controlled by the rudder by the will of the pilot, right? So it is with your tongue. Your tongue, though, a very small physical part of your body because of how it speaks of the overflow of your heart, it can do big things like James says, it can boast great things. Then he goes on to say, how great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Smokey the bear, only you can prevent forest fires. How many know Smokey? You know, you, you, can, you can set an entire wilderness ablaze. There's always constantly out west, you always hear of the big fires. That are, it started with a small something. A lot of times, it would be strike of lightning, but that's a big thing. But it could have been a campfire somebody didn't put out right. Somebody chucking a cigarette butt out the, out the car window. Litterer should be fine, not good. Start a fire, right? You, you can set a whole fire uh, forest ablaze with a small spark. The tongue can be that way. When it's out of control, just something it says can set the whole thing on fire. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole, this is where James is just like pounding it, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. My goodness. For every kind of beast and, and bird, a reptile and sea creature can be tamed, it has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. He's, he's not giving a whole lot of great hope right here, is he? Nobody can do this. But, but he's making a point. Your out-of-control tongue can make great boasts. It can start a big fire. It can actually absolutely corrupt your whole person to the point that he said it can be full of deadly poison. You've got to work on your mouth. Quick to listen slow to speak, slow to be angry, will help you be a person that your tongue is not corrupting your whole being and you're not setting a whole forest on fire by something you say. Amen. And look at the example at verse 9. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people, or degrade, judge, put down. We curse people, we're made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does the spring pour, pour forth from the same opening, both from fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapes or produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You ever been in the ocean and get a mouthful of water? Yeah. Ain't the same as the, as the fresh spring back home, right? Your mouth ultimately cannot produce both salty water and fresh water. Ultimately, the salt take... So if you take salt water and fresh water and mix them, who's going to win? Salt water. Salt's going to contaminate the whole thing. Your mouth cannot produce both. Eventually, the salt overtakes the fresh. We, we come to church, we just spent 25 minutes praising and worshiping Jesus with your mouth. Hopefully something was coming out of your mouth. You weren't just lip-syncing the whole thing, okay? 
Some, something was coming out. You were praising Jesus, yet, yet we leave here and we curse men. We put them down. We judge them. We, we uh, slander. We gossip. We speak out of our anger. We do these things. And we come back to church. Well, I praise you, Jesus. James says if that is happening, it ought not be. We should be conscious of our words because it matters. It means something. So we should learn to examine ourselves so we are not people who praise God out one side of our mouth and then curse others out the other side. By the way, James makes a point here. These people that we curse, in other words, the grave put down, they're made in the image of God. You know that. You are, you are degrading an image bearer. Well, they're not saved. They are made in the image of God. That doesn't change. That's why God's after their soul. He's calling his creation back to him, made in his image. So begin to contrast your praise of God, the other things that come out of your mouth. Do they line up? Like, like we've been saying, are you speaking life? You're not setting the forest on fire. Have you ever, have, and we said this the first week, have you ever, ever said something that you regretted later? Yeah, was, yep. I mean, you, you think that one word, and you, have you ever said something, there was just this domino effect, now there's this big, giant mess in your life because of something you said? You set the forest on fire. Right? That we learn to speak life, and we won't be setting forests on fire. That the fruit of the spirit of self-control is in such a way that we speak life and therefore I'm not corrupting myself. You see? James chapter 4. So after this, James gets into talking about uh, wisdom and, and living by wisdom and, and good conduct shown by uh, living in humility and wisdom and meekness and he gets into uh, warning against worldliness. But verse, verse uh, number one of chapter four, watch how he starts off with the section we titled warning against worldliness. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? When you quarrel and fight with somebody, what do you use? Words. You fight with people with what you say. Going back to what we were saying earlier sometimes, anger and being loud and trying to prove your point and prove them wrong and all this different stuff. What causes quarrels and fights among you? Is it, is it this, that your passions are at war within you? In other words, your heart is not settled. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and you quarrel. So we've got to learn again that these things are things that come from our hearts. That this transformation into being like Jesus needs to continue to happen. So verse number 11 of chapter 4. So do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against the brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law... 
you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And there is only one lawgiver and judge, and that is God. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And we judge him again by our words. Now, so like slander. Slander is to speak negatively. Slander is, is the intention of maybe damaging a reputation. Uh, sometimes slander involves uh, 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 some sort of speaking falsely against somebody. Um, gossip, you know, chatter, chatter, chatter about other people's lives when they're not present. Spreading the room, latest rumor I heard in church. Let me tell the person sitting next to me, right? We can think of different things, and, and, and the scripture consistently calls these kind of things out. Do a word search on slander and gossip, and you'll find it. And at one point, Paul writes that those who do these things will not enter the kingdom of God. That's, that's heavy-handed wording right there. In other words, what you say matters. So we've got to be people who... who Think about this. The, the praise that comes from my mouth, and we should be people of praise, that the, the part of, of people that praise and worship is part of us learning how to deal with this. So uh, I, you know this. I've told you this a hundred times. I cannot sing. I mean, I can, but I can't. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. The noises come from my mouth, but you wouldn't call it singing. Put it that way. You'd say, what in the world's happening? Well, it's my singing. Relax, all right? Um, it'd be very easy for me, let's say in worship, not to use my voice because I'm thinking, what if somebody's hearing me? Right? How many, how many of you feel that way? You're kind of like, Ugh. But, but I do sing, and I just hope they're loud enough that you don't hear me. <laughs> that somewhere I'm blending in with something that's happening up here. You missed the drums. It's something. I'm just blending. That's part of me learning how to do right. See, th things that we do as a church, okay, giving, worshiping together, there are very practical and obvious but the reasons we do it, but there's always behind-the-scenes stuff that's happening with this stuff. We're learning. Part of us singing is us learning what to do with this properly. Okay? And it should affect us in a way that when we walk out of this place, that we should be conscious then, is what I'm saying lining up with the worship that I just gave to God? So we'll start to be conscious of who can I encourage today? Who can I speak life to today? I mean, who can I pray for today? Life. Who can I share the gospel with today? Speaking life. Who can I invite to church today? That's okay, too. Who can I share a scripture with today? Speak life. Who, who, whose day can I bright, brighten by laughing with them? Do you know laughter, laughter's of the kingdom, you know that? Because joy is of the kingdom. You know, do you realize that when all things are made new and we see the finalization of resurrected life and stuff, there's going to be a whole lot of joy, laughter, and dancing. You know that? A lot of smiles are going to be happening. 
part of the kingdom. In these things, we're learning how to speak life. So when I was very young in ministry, I felt I wasn't good at being concerned of prayer for other people. And I thought, if I'm a pastor, I have to learn how to pray for people. Obvious, right? You think so, but that doesn't come inherent. You have to learn. So I started doing this thing that every time I heard a siren, I would stop and pray for whatever's going on. Because I wanted to teach myself to allow my day to be interrupted, to speak something godly over a situation that I had no, no idea what's going on. And to be conscious about things in life. You know? You have to start to be aware. So, so when you're with somebody and they start to gossip, what do you do? Hey, you know what? Let's just pray. Stop gossip right in his tracks. Let's just pray. Let's, let's speak life. Wow. You know? You're conscious of what's going on. That'll turn you into a person that, that you begin to be purposely uh, applying this kind of thinking and living in your life. Now, let me just say something, and, and, and I don't intend to get at you, but some of you are so concerned about people doing nice things for you that you never do anything for anybody else. You've got to get outside of yourself sometimes. And some, some of the best things you can do to get out of your own situation is learn how to encourage other people. You kind of drag yourself with you when you do it. When you encourage somebody else, you find yourself encouraged. Don't always wait for somebody to come and say, oh, can, can, can I pray for you? You say yes, but, but can I pray for you? You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't always just wait. Be proactive with speaking life. Why are we here? Why are we to be a light of the world? Part of it is by the stuff that we say. So I try to make it a habit to encourage at least personally a person a day. And you know what? That's really easy. Because I go to work, and all I got to do is stick my head out my door, and there, there, there's, there's David, and then there, there's Randy, and there's Tim, and there's Ed, and there's Eric, and then there's Nicole, and then there's Ashley. I just have to say, hey, how are you doing today? You got this? Wow, that was easy. Go back to work. Can, can I pray for you today? Yeah, okay. But, but oh, You see how easy it is? Just be, you just have to get outside your own mind sometimes. And being so self-absorbed with what you're trying to get done. I've got a lot to do. But you have to stop and see beyond just seeing. Look beyond just looking. What is going on around you? And start speaking life. But, but when you say, hey, can I pray for you? You might get a story. You know what you have to do? Learn to listen. You ask. Now listen. And be slow to speak. And when it's time, let's pray. But listen. Right? We have to apply these kind of things because this is part of how God is, is the yeast is working through the dough. That's the kingdom. Remember the parable of the woman. She, she's working the yeast through the dough. She's pounding it, turning it over, pounding it, turning it over. We, we, we think 
in terms of big fireworks stuff. Okay, when God does big fireworks, great. But it's mostly because of that just pushing every day of that yeast of the kingdom moving in people's lives. Now, I'll tell you what. I have had more people over the years respond to, you remember when this happened? Yeah, and this was said? Yep, that impacted me profoundly. And it didn't even blip my radar. It was just something that happened, I went on my day. But that person was profoundly impacted by what happened. They remember it. It was just something very simple as an encouragement, a a text with a verse, or or a a shout-out on the phone, hey, how you doing? Simple stuff. Little things. that You can change the course of people's lives with simple encouragement, simple speaking life to somebody. And and where, where you realize... Oh, man, I'm falling short in this. Start praying. Lord, help me. Help me control my tongue in these kind of situations. Right? Lord, help me deal with responding in anger in these kind of situations. I've shared with you guys in the past. Now, I was, I was in college because of things that happened in high school. I was a very angry young man, very angry. And it was like a tripwire. I mean, it was just that quick, boom, and there was an explosion, and whatever's happening is happening. And when it's done, it's done. You know what I'm talking about? And I had to start praying that my responses that were flying out of my mouth because of my anger, Lord, help me change. Because I realized that's not of the kingdom. Help me change. Now, did it happen in two days? No. Did did it happen over a period of two, three years? Yep. Absolutely. And then when 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 I... began to learn that these instances of, of flying off the handle and anger and actions and words, when, when, the, when the, spirit, the spirit of self-control really started to grab my life, then it started to go the other way. Now, now not only just not respond in anger, but, but listen. Will you just listen? And quit being so opinionated and have to tell everybody your opinion. That, that was the Lord talking to me. I went, really? I got a lot of opinions, God. I do. I'm pretty sure they're right. I'm pretty sure you want me to tell people that's why you're telling me to be right. And all, you, know, you know how it goes in your brain, right? And he said, stop. Just stop. You, you know, let me tell you something. This may, may shock you. You don't have to be right to everybody. You know that. And you don't have to prove yourself to everybody. You don't have to do that. You, you, you waste, I think as people, we waste a lot of time trying to prove our point. You don't have to be right to everybody. If somebody wants to engage you in respectful conversation, engage it. But you don't have to prove everybody else. And learn to listen. And be slow to speak. Amen? Because what happens when you are slow to speak? You allow the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to come with you. Well, I think often we're so busy, we just fly way ahead of him. And our words have nothing to do with him at the end of the day. Slow to speak is a big thing. Okay? All right, so words. So maybe challenge yourself. Make a goal that every day, and I know, I know some of you get up and you've got to burn to work, and I understand. You start off your day with some praise. 
from the rising of the sun, which is happening right now when you're in the morning, to going down the same, which is happening right now in the evening. The name of the Lord is to be praised, and Lord, I'm praising you today. And you start your day off with something like that. Lord, I, I praise you today, I worship you, I give my day to you. Something like that. It can be that simple, but start your day off with life words of connection to your Father. Okay? Then after that, make it a point, today I'm going to encourage somebody. However it happens. And you purposely look, it's a coworker, your spouse, one of your kids, or a church, somebody at church. I don't know. It's a thousand different ways. But I'm going to encourage at least one person a day. And then you'll find that was pretty easy. Then you'll find yourself, and it becomes a way of living that we're constantly speaking life. What, what, what happens is, I think everybody here knows somebody that if you get around them, you're going to hear something that encourages you. How many know somebody like that? You just know. When you get around them, something's going to be said that you're like, wow, well, thanks. That was, that was out of blue. Thanks. Why don't you be that person? Amen. Why don't you be the person that if people know if they just get anywhere near you, you're going to greet them, you're going to smile, you're going to say, hey, you're going to, you're going to encourage them somehow. You can be that person and speak life. Amen? Amen? And with that, always is the gospel. Because in speaking life, you're not going to be able to help to share why you do what you do. And you'll eventually tell them about Jesus if you don't do it from the start. But this is the greatest thing right here. Jesus saved me. I was a filthy sinner. And he saved me. And you know what? I couldn't believe it because I was really shocked that he really would forgive me of all that stuff. Man, amazing love. I just want to tell you that today. Jesus will forgive anything in your life. Anything. He'll surprise you. You know, you know how easy that was? Very easy. Just to share. You don't have to be bold. You don't have to be crazy. You don't have to be the person that stands on the table to shout and, and get everybody's attention. You don't have to be the, the outgoing center of attention person. You can be laid back, introverted, just like me, and say, you know, God saved my soul. He can save yours, too, if you, if you want. That simple. Speak life. Amen? Amen? All right. Let's pray. Okay, I'm kidding. Everybody look at me again. Um, I'll pray in a second. I'm sorry. Man, I even took my hat off. What are you doing? All right, so I'm sorry. Um, but, you know, when people come to our church, I want them to think, man, these people are friendly. They're actually kind of happy, smiley people. They don't look all, all down and, wow, church is depressing. No, they actually, well, I'm, I feel welcome here. I want that to be this church, by the way. But it only happens when us here are actually doing it. I would love to say I can talk to everybody every service, but it don't happen. Right? Man, and you know what I hear? I do hear that about us. I love it, but let's keep it up. Let's not only be people who uh, uh, are friendly, but I saw, at the end of worship, I saw somebody praying with somebody. Incredible. Thank you. That we encourage that way. Right? And, and we're going out of our way to bear each other's burdens. That don't happen unless we're communicating. Right? Okay.
All right, now I'll pray. Lord, we thank you. Build us, change us, make us into the image of your son. I pray that the words that we speak are words of life. Lord, that even when we're in uh, uh, some sort of a disagreement, and that happens, Lord, that we still are are speaking from the character of of Christ's likeness. Lord, that we don't feel like we have to do it like the world in order to win, that that we live Christ-like, and therefore we're part of the kingdom. I pray for me, Lord, you continue to grow me and and shape me and change me. I, I pray the same for everybody here, that we become very aware of the things that come out of our mouth and whether or not they are of your kingdom, whether they are life speaking. And I pray, Lord, that this is a place of encouragement, not only when we're here, but each one of us, we are the body when we go to whatever we do every single day, and that we are people of life in those situations. So help us, Lord. Give us wisdom. And I pray we keep in step with the Spirit in all the things that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, well, love somebody on your way out. It's good to see you tonight. We'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed.